I was sitting there this morning, uh, or they there toward the end of worship, thinking about uh, just just how good it is to uh, to be doing life in ministry with you guys. And particularly today, uh, the thing that kind of struck me was uh, there's there's a passage that came to mind. It's out of Second Chronicles chapter 29, uh, verse 11. It says, "The eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth." to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. I'll share that one more time, let you absorb it. Second Chronicles 16, oh, what did I say? 16.9, 7 Chronicles 16.9, I just lost it. Second Chronicles 16.9 says, The eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth. So picture that, God's looking around the earth. To strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. You know, a lot of times I get up here and I, and I say, you know, I talk about the fact that our ways are not there yet. You know, that we're still, like some of you today, I'm sure, did what I did in a portion of the worship service and you were not connecting to the words. You were not really expressing your feelings to God you were just singing songs and music and whatever and maybe you know whatever letting your mind wander Uh, we all do that our ways are not always committed to him you know even the worship team when they're playing there's times when they're playing and they're not really thinking about what they're singing I was talking to uh, uh, a couple that's getting married in in June this week doing their premarital counseling we talked I was just sharing with them that it's so weird to me that when a couple stands before me, and some of y'all are here today that just got recently married, and you'll know, you'll be able to relate to this, remember it, that when they stand before me to, to give their vows, that they're giving their vows, they're not, their mind is so far away from the vows. They're not engaged in the words, and you know it because they'll say words like, you know, they'll fumble words like, hold you above all unders under God, you know, like, what? You know, or whatever, I don't say that, but I said that at our wedding. But you know how when you stand in the wedding, you know, you're, you're there and you're thinking about a thousand things and you're not really thinking about the vows that you're making. You know, it's so hard for us to, to, to at times, keep, just get our ways connected. You know, we've got habits that we, that we walk in in our daily lives. Um, you know, some of it's sin, some of it's just neglect, you know, sins of omission, commission, whatever. You know, we walk through life and we, we just keep on do it, living life and we never think about our remember to do the things that God's told us to do. Like, for instance, right now, I bet I could ask you this and catch everybody to some degree. Our goal this year, the beginning of the year, was to do something to simplify everything. Thank you. Yes. It's good Russ remembered that because I just gave an introduction to it, not because he did them today, but... Are you doing your ABCs? Are you abiding in Christ every day? Are you remembering even to do it? It's not that maybe you aren't doing it, but are you even remembering to do that? Abiding in him, spending time with him, asking God about things in your life, obeying him, letting him, you know, uh, inviting him to to be active in your life, to do God-exclusive stuff and seeing the result of that and being more enamored with God, a deeper love and a deeper faith because of it. Is that happening in your life? That is abiding. You know, are you doing that? Are you, are you blessing people? Are there people that you are actually praying for, listening to, eating with, serving, and looking for an opportunity to share the gospel with? And then are you committed to community? 
Are you, are you being faithful to your life group? And not just being faithful, but being there early and, uh, and bringing your food and, you know, and, and participating in conversation and, and loving people and, and participating in life with them during the week and helping them move when they're moving. seems like everybody's moving over the last, because my lower back is not is paying the price for that because everybody decides to move at the same time. You know, help, being a part of their kids' stuff and doing ministry together, all that, community, doing community together, being here for worship and to hear the word and to fellowship with people and getting here early and plugging in, you know. The ABCs, our ways, we're weak in our ways, right? Everybody just go ahead and admit that we are. And so I love this passage because it says the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth. He's looking here today. He's looking if he arranges across these seats to find those whose hearts, to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed. Here's what I know about the majority of you guys. Your hearts are fully committed. It irritates you when your ways are not committed to the Lord. You really want to be committed to the Lord. It, it bothers you, you know. And, and the last thing we're trying, I'm trying to do today is make you feel guilty. I just want us to recognize how good God is, that he is here today with us and catching us in the middle of our lack of attention, our lack of desire, our lack of passion, and he's, and he's strengthening us because our hearts are fully committed. If we could have what we wanted, we would be, our ways would be fully committed. Now, it's not a cop-out, and we're going to talk about that today, but I just want you to have that in mind as we go through this lesson today, because today we're going to talk about the fact that Jesus is enough in that Jesus is our defender. He is our defender. You know, we talk a lot about religion and the, and the difference between religion and relationship, and, we, and at the gathering place, one of our major distinctives, by God's command and God's vision for us as a body, not because we, we despise uh, the other churches or other you know, religious practices or whatever. By God's command and vision for us, we are wanting to, to get our ways right with God and walk with him and other, and so that we can reveal him, the truth of who he is, to a, to a community who we have lied to when we thought it was all about religion but definitely a community where we're still hearing a lot about acting right, performing, getting on the works treadmill and doing stuff to earn something from God. And, you know, we're, 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 we live in that community. This community needs to hear our message. But what I'm finding as we're going through this study in the Gospels of Jesus and just looking at his interactions with people is that that's what he was about. You know, we can't not keep talking about it because we're just talking about Jesus. And this is, was his constant interaction with the world around him. Wherever religion was found, it was in opposition to the truth about who the Father was. Wherever you find Jesus encountering people who were, per, per, who were perpetuating and, and were proponents of the religious legalism of their day, you find Jesus encountering those people with truth and revealing something different than what they were teaching. And so we've we got to keep doing this. It's, it's not because, we have an, because we're mad. <laughs> you know, and, and I say this more for people who listen to the podcast than I do for you because you know that. But it's not, we're, not, we're not saying we got it right and everybody else got it wrong. We're just saying we all need to wake up to the reality that religion has stolen away the truth about who God is. 
And today's passage is such a great passage to help us to make some sense of that. But to look at it in this way. I know that you guys are facing opposition. As you try to walk with God in this way, in a pure, organic, intimate relationship with him, and let your fruit just flow out of that, I know that you, are, you face opposition. And you have people that are telling you that's not right. This way is not right. You have to do this and this and this. And they try to put their list on you. Or you have to believe this and this and this. And they try to put that list of theology. Or don't do these things. And it's a burden. It's the kind of thing that Jesus wants to save us from. But I know you face that. And so, man, this is, a good, this is the good word today. Jesus is your defender as you walk with him through life. We find the disciples walking with Jesus, following him. But we also find in us, whatever, for whatever reason, we find Pharisees following Jesus today also. Walking with them, like just meandering through, through the grain fields. Walking through, you're following them. Why are they following? You know, people follow for different reasons. You're here today maybe for different reasons. But I hope today we can find something true about Jesus that will help us. And that is that Jesus is our defender. Matthew chapter 12 is where we'll read today. It also is in Luke chapter 6, Mark somewhere, 4, I think. The story about Jesus walking through the grain fields with his disciples. We're going to read verses 1 through 8, and uh, that'll be the text for our study today. And we'll do it quickly today, if you're ready. If you can listen quickly, I can speak quickly. Can you do that? Say, oh, yeah. Oh, y'all excited about that, huh? All right. I may not be able to keep my side. All right, here we go. At verse 1, chapter 12, Matthew. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields. On the Sabbath, his disciples were hungry, and they began to pluck heads of grain to eat. But when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is unlawful or what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. And he said to them, Have you not read what David did when he was hungry and those who were with him? How he entered the house of God and ate the bread of the presence, which it was not lawful for him to eat, nor for those who were with him, but only for the priests. Or have you not read in the law how on the Sabbath the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are guiltless? I tell you something greater than the temple is here. And if you had known what this means, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. So today we're going to talk about some blessings that come from God for us to enjoy. And we're going to look at them through the eyes of Jesus and also the eyes of the Pharisees in this story. In the story, Jesus shows us the blessings of the Father and the way that the Pharisees tried to rob people of the joy of those blessings through their inaccurate interpretations of God's law. Let me say that again. Their inaccurate interpretations of God's law. And we live in a time and a place where this message should speak clearly to us we ought to be able to feel it today i think we're surrounded by the blessings of god here in louisiana central louisiana louisiana as a whole south louisiana a little more you know these same kinds of blessings the blessing of fantastic flavorful flavorful food choices spicy wonderful cajun food and a culture that's very relaxed we ought to be able to be able to relate to these blessings that the Pharisees are trying to rob them of because we also live in a place that's full of hyper-religious 
folks who have made rules that misinterpret the word of God and misrepresent Jesus in our community. And they would rob us of the blessings of God in order to maintain some semblance of power or control over us. And so today, we want to look at it with those two thoughts in mind. The blessings of God that, that, are, that people in, that who are dead in religion are trying to rob you of, and Jesus stands in your defense. Remember that we're attempting to get to know the character of Jesus as we look at these stories. So let's don't get off too much from that. Let's see how, not only how Jesus handles the situation, but who he is in this situation. And let's allow that, uh, that discovery and the Holy Spirit's movement in our hearts to affect us today for change. Jesus is our defender. The first thing, uh, when we talk about Jesus being our defender, is that he defends us by revealing the truth of the word. Look at what he says in verses 3 to 5. He said to them, have you not read? Here's the word, right? He's saying, go read the scriptures. Haven't you read the scriptures? What David did when he was hungry and those who were with him, and how he entered the house of God and ate the bread of presence, which it was not lawful for him to eat, nor for those who were with him, but only for the priests? Or have you not read in the law how on the Sabbath the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are guiltless? So he, he, gives, he defends us by, he defends his disciples by revealing the truth of the word. He does it in, in two different ways, very clear ways. The first way is he goes back in the Old Testament to the story of David when David was running from, uh, from Saul and he, and he uh, asks uh, for some bread from the priest in the temple and the, and the priest gives him the bread of presence. He asks him a few questions about him and his men about where they had they been defiled by having sexual activity and know they had been running. And so, all right, here's the bread of the presence. He says, go back and read the, read the scripture. There's, there's biblical foundations for what, we are, what my disciples are doing. You guys are misinterpreting truth when you think that it's wrong for these guys to enjoy this food uh, on the Sabbath. And so he, he sets a precedence, a, a precedent, a biblical precedent. And then he goes to the story of uh, also of um, uh, the priest in the temple. Or he gives the example of the priest in the temple. Some of y'all know that I take Fridays off. And when, I'm at, when people ask me, why do you take Fridays off? I say, because I work on Sunday. <laughs> you know, Sunday is a work day for me. It starts real early and ends, well, it doesn't usually end late, but sometimes ends late. But Sunday is a work day for me. Uh, the priests were, were allowed to, uh, to work on the Sabbath. So here's another rule that they're trying to make. Your, your disciples are working on the Sabbath. And, and, and Jesus stands in their defense by going back to the Old Testament, to the law itself, and says, well, the priests have the right to eat, and they're guiltless. They have a right to work, and they're guiltless. They work all day, man. They're, they're tired by the time they finish making all these sacrifices and you're doing all the work that has to be done to be able to take care of the sins of the people. And so he says, here's the biblical precedent for what they're doing. I love that, that Jesus goes to the Scripture to define or to defend us, and he still does. 
When people try to get you all worked up about their interpretation of biblical truths, listen, hold on to the Holy Spirit with both hands and dig in to the Scripture. Don't neglect the Scripture. Jesus will defend you with the Scripture. He is more capable of teaching you truth than those people who are trying to give you false interpretations of what truth is. The Holy Spirit is all you need to interpret truth. You know, we live in an age which I, you know that I appreciate education. I have a lot of it. But let me, let me depreciate my education for a minute. We live in an age where in your, uh, in the people that you guys hang out with, your age group, people are all about getting more knowledge about Scripture and about the original languages, and there's no problem with that unless you're studying under us. Amen? No, there's no problem with that. It's a great thing. But here's what happens is we begin to think, about, think so highly of ourselves and our education that we begin to look down our noses at the common man and think that, that, that a guy in Uganda who gets saved today and receives the Holy Spirit and all he's done all of his life is work a field of cows with a loincloth and a, and a, a pole staff and a cell phone nowadays. You know, he's working out there in the field that he doesn't have the ability to interpret Scripture by the, the help of the Holy Spirit the same way that we can. Listen, the Holy Spirit is not limited in any way to reveal truth to us in his word. We have the blessing of having God's word. Please read it. Get in it. But trust what the Holy Spirit reveals to you in his word. Learn to hear the voice. We were reading this morning, all the readings in the Moravian readings this morning were about the sheep. And a sheep hearing his voice and, and God speaking in a way that his sheep hear his voice. And we recognize the voice of the liars who are also trying to tell us things about God that are not true. We recognize that. That's the job of the, the shepherd is to speak in a way that his sheep hear his voice and, and know it. And we recognize our shepherd's voice. And we avoid the voice of those people who are giving us false doctrine teaching us things about the Bible or about God out of the Bible that are not true. Does that happen? Yes, it happens. In the temptation of Christ, what did, Jesus, what did Satan do in order to tempt Christ? He used Scripture, misinterpreted Scripture. He tried to use Scripture against Jesus to, to get him to act in a way that would be, uh, that would be sin. It happens all the time. We, just because a person is educated and knows about the Bible and may, maybe even has memorized a lot of the Bible in its original languages and studied it and knows it doesn't give them any more authority than what the Holy Spirit will, will speak to you. Does everybody understand that? Now, there's a beautiful blessing to those who are called to go and study the Word. I'm thankful for us. I really am. I'm thankful for his study. I'm thankful for what he has to offer to students who are studying the Word of God by the call of God in order to find God, in order to discover Him in deeper ways, in order to change their trans- allow the Holy Spirit to transform their lives through a good, solid study of the Word of God. There is nothing better than that. Man, the Holy Spirit and the strength of His Word, the combination of those two, you want to talk about being defended? Just listen to the Holy Spirit. Listen to what the Holy Spirit says. Get in His Word. Spend time in His Word. Dive in. Be diligent in the study of the Word of God. Because the Holy Spirit will defend you when you're being faced with people who are trying to get you to move in a direction that is not biblical. 
Jesus defends the disciples by revealing truth as lived out in the scriptures. Second thing he does, he defends us by revealing the spirit of the word. In Mark's account of this, in Mark chapter 2, he adds a statement that I want to read. Because it, it, it gives you the feel of the spirit of the word. In Mark chapter 2, verse 27, he says, And he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Sabbath was a means to an end. God created the Sabbath for man. He didn't create uh, man for the Sabbath. He didn't create the Sabbath and say, No, I'm going to create somebody to keep it. You know, he did it for us. The Sabbath, God gave us the Sabbath to, to do a couple of things. Number one is to help us to rest. Right? He, he created the Sabbath and told us to keep the Sabbath. On the seventh day, he rested. And, and we need to rest. And there's, you know, some of you need to hear that. And you need to rest on the Sabbath. You need to enjoy the blessing that God gave you. You know, it's hard for some people to take a day off. I was talking to somebody this past week who is working too hard as a pastor friend. And, and I appreciate, again, his diligence in his work, but the truth is he's working too hard. And he's neglecting his family, and he's neglecting his own personal health because he's, he feels like he has to do this. And that's not trusting in the Holy Spirit. Uh, and so God gave us the Sabbath as a, as a tool to, to be able to enjoy the rest that we need. And so quit looking at the Sabbath. If you're looking at the Sabbath or you're looking at a Sabbath rest, a day off and a time to to rest, period, at this point, a a day to rest, if you're looking at that and saying, I can't afford this or I can't take this, then here's what it's saying. You don't know know God. (laughs) You don't know the faithfulness of your Father to provide for you. I've had to learn that the hard way. In preaching, for instance, there have been times when my week got busied up with a lot of stuff, but not as much now as before, but still happens now, where it gets busied up with a lot of things, some of it unexpected. And then I come to, to Saturday or Sunday, and I'm wondering, I'm, not, I'm thinking I'm not prepared to preach, and then all of a sudden I step in the pulpit and the Holy Spirit takes over. And I thought, wow, I am prepared to preach. Not because I studied enough or was diligent enough or kept my routine this week, but because the Holy Spirit is faithful. And some of you need to take some time off because you, you're, you're working too much and, and, you, and you're losing the blessing of a Sabbath. So he gave it to us to enjoy. And then he also gave us the Sabbath in order to get us to the end of ourselves. Some of us are thinking that we can keep the Sabbath the way the Pharisees were doing it. Some of y'all grew up like I did. You don't hunt on Sunday. You don't work on Sunday. You don't do much of anything except you eat a lot on Sunday. We didn't have any problem getting food on Sunday. We can go to restaurants. You don't go to restaurants on Sunday. We had all these rules regarding what we don't do on Sunday, which we consider to be our Sabbath. And, and I believe that God created, one of the reasons why God created the Sabbath is because he wanted us to get to the end of ourselves. In this case, these, these, uh, these Pharisees are judging them, and, they, and 
in another one of the Gospels, Jesus comes back to them and says, you guys are all guilty of, how many of you, if your ox falls into a ditch, is not going to get your ox out on the Sabbath? And he goes right to probably somebody that actually did that the day before. He's probably reading their mail. You know, we all break the Sabbath and get to the end of yourself. The truth is there are days when you're not going to rest, and you're guilty of it, but you're guilty of a lot of other things too. And so I think Jesus is pointing out here, look, there, there are times when, this is the point, the Sabbath was created for you. Use it. Take full advantage of it. But you weren't created for the Sabbath. Jesus didn't make the rule and say, you know, I'm going to create some people to see if I can make them follow this rule or not. So are you still following rules that someone gave us gave you from the Bible? Or are you following what the Holy Spirit reveals in the heart, as the heart of the Bible? You know, when he says, when I say that he defends us by revealing the spirit of the word, in this story, gets, Jesus gets to the heart of the Pharisees' interpretation of the act of eating grain. He gets to the heart of it. It's rule following, not the provision of God for his people or a blessing from God to his people. And he gives them an interpretation of Truth and the Spirit. This is what he says in response to them. He says, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. That's a good example of the Spirit of the law. That's a good example. You know, we think, I need to sacrifice hard and I need to sacrifice everything. I need to work hard on Sunday uh, and stop people from doing anything on Sunday. I mean, work hard at not doing anything on Sunday. I need to help everybody else do it too. And don't you dare, I I I saw you eat that grain. I saw you pick that, you know, and literally they broke about four Sabbath rules just by picking the grain because they, they plucked it, they ground it, winnowed it, got the, got the wheat stuff out, ground it up, and then ate it. All of that. That's, that's four Sabbath laws they broke. And the Pharisees were quick to point out, you guys are breaking the law. What, what is the spirit of that law? The spirit of that law was God created the Sabbath as a blessing. And these men are missing the whole point. And so Jesus, not only does he defend, not only does he give us the truth of the word, he also gives us the spirit of the word. And there's some great passages of scripture that talk about that. We don't have time to go into a deep study on that, but you know that, that, that Paul talks about the fact that, that uh, not all things are, are uh, beneficial are profitable, but all things are, you are free to do all things. And, and that really sin to you is those things that the Holy Spirit reveals to you as sin. And there are things that we can do, the freedoms that we have that we need to also, he says, not take advantage of in the front of people who are weak, like in the eating meat example that Paul gives. You know, don't eat meat and uh, sacrifice the idols in front of people who are weak. He's talking about people who are legalists. He's talking about the spiritual legalists of his day don't do that because it offends them and paul talks about becoming all things to all people that we might win some so there's freedom that we have but we don't use that to in order to offend people so we're not in their face saying well i can do what i want now why does jesus do that in this case i love this the pharisees were following him okay you guys want to follow you're going to get you know if you're going to keep following me you're going to hear the truth unadulterated truth. It's going to be clear. I'm not trying to, to protect you guys and your feelings. You're going to hear the truth. And when they ask the question, he gives them an answer, and it's, and it's clear. And it goes against everything they believe. 
But the spirit of the law, the spirit of the law is one of mercy. God was giving us his mercy. He was demonstrating his mercy when he told us uh, not to work on the Sabbath, to remember the Sabbath. It was his mercy, and they turned it into sacrifice. And so he defends us in the same way at times. He gives us, helps us to see the spirit of the word. And then the third thing is he defends us by revealing the authority of his word. This is the part I really like. Verses 6 through 8, he says, I tell you something greater than the temple is here. And if you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. First of all, he says something greater than the temple. If working in the temple did not break the Sabbath laws, you know, because, because it was the authority uh, of the temple, because of the authority of the temple. In other words, the priest could work all day on the Sabbath, and they didn't break. They were found guiltless. He says there's something greater than the temple. It's the Lord of the temple. It's me. Jesus is greater than the rules and regulations of the temple. Jesus is telling them, I'm greater than the temple, and I say, what I say is all that matters. Ultimately, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. You got some questions about the Sabbath? You, you can go to 10 or 12 different uh, people and find out different ideas and thoughts about what we're supposed to do on the Sabbath. But you want to really know what the truth about the Sabbath? I mean, definitely seek it in the Word. Feel what we're talking about, what it was created for, but then just go to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the Lord of the Sabbath. He is also the one that wrote the Scriptures. He is the one that helps you to know what to do on the Sabbath. The Holy Spirit is the one. Just go to the Holy Spirit. Stay in connection with the Holy Spirit. Walk with the Holy Spirit. Don't release the ideas that the Holy Spirit puts in your mind. Walk in them. Ultimately, Jesus wants us to know that he is the authority over everything, any kind of religious rules. He is the authority. He decides what's right for you in regard to your behavior. We need the Spirit to help us in this way. Some of us are still too dependent upon, is there a group of people that believe this way? Or can I find support from a friend of mine who knows a lot about the Bible? Or did the way that I grow up, did, did, did the church I grew up in, are they, do they believe this way? Or my parents, do they believe this way? Or Glenn, does he believe this way? We're too dependent upon that. And ultimately, Jesus wants us to know that he is the authority in our lives. And, and, and he is the one that will defend us. He defends us by revealing the authority of his word, by helping us today to see that he is Lord, not only over the harvest, but he is Lord over every religious uh, interpretation in the Bible. He is Lord over it. Are y'all feeling me this morning? I mean, don't lose me because I'm about done. But we need to see the beauty of the fact that when, when we are standing uh, accused by people who are saying that Jesus is not something, we need to realize that the thing that he's revealed to us about who he is in his word and in, in his, in his, by, his, uh, by the spirit of the word and by his own authority, the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us, that that's what's true. 
Don't depend on all these people's uh, ideas and thoughts about God. You have God living inside of you. The authority is living inside of you. So let the Holy Spirit defend you today. He is going to reveal truth to you in his word. He is going to reveal the spirit of his word to you. You're going to understand the why behind what he says in ways that lots of theologians won't understand it just by your simple faith. And he is the the authority of his word. So what do we do in relation to this? First of all, man, love the fact that Jesus is your defender. You don't have to defend yourself to anybody. You don't have to prove yourself and what God has shown you and spoken to you and revealed to you. You don't have to reveal that or prove that to anybody. If you, if you think that you're going to be able to do that specifically in the, in the details of your life when the Holy Spirit tells you something to do, a choice to make, a job to take, a job to quit, a, a, a boy to date, a girl to date, uh, you know, whatever, all those things. If you think you're going to find your, your parents and your friends and your past pastors and me and others all agreeing with you on those decisions, you're never going to make the decisions. You need to trust the fact that Jesus is your defender against anybody who opposes what the Holy Spirit has told you to do. Now, the word is not going to oppose what you do. Don't hear me saying that. I want to make sure you hear that clear because I know how this gets turned around. The word is not going to oppose what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. They're going to be in concert with one another. But somebody's interpretation of the word, just like these Pharisees, will. It will often oppose what the Holy Spirit is telling you to do. And I would say, let the Holy Spirit defend you. Let him reveal the truth of his word. Let him reveal the spirit of his word. Let him be the authority of his word. So watch how you accept words from people and how you receive words from the Holy Spirit. Second, don't be lazy. I feel like we're being lazy, you know. Again, we come back to where we started today. The eyes of the Lord are ranging across this building and looking for a heart that's fully committed to him. And he will empower you. He will strengthen you to get in his word, to hear his word, to ask him questions, to spend time with him, to be sensitive, to, to heighten your sensitivity to the Holy Spirit's guidance moment by moment throughout the week. He will do that for you. But don't be lazy. Take the time. Get in the Word. Trust God. Spend time with Him. Seek Him. And then the th- third thing is just keep the main thing the main thing. The only reason why we're doing, uh, why we're abiding in Christ, the reason why we're trying to spend time with Him and get to know Him, the reason why we're asking Him questions, why we're wanting to know what to do in life, and we, is because we want to see His activity and come to know Him by experience in our lives. We want to know him. That is our ultimate goal. Don't lose that. That's what we're doing. It's not that so you can do the right thing. It's so you can know the person. Right? So we can, re- we can understand and get to know God as we obey him and he completes his work in us. That's the beauty of abiding in Christ. Do you think that the disciples learned something about Jesus in this experience? As Jesus stood in their defense? front of the Pharisees? Absolutely. They probably, possibly, maybe even wondered a little bit about how Jesus would respond when the Pharisees said, they're breaking the law, they're breaking the law. And they were going like, well, 
And Jesus says, no, they're not. Bible, spirit of the law. And by the way, I'm the one who says whether they're breaking the law or not. And then they learned about Jesus, man. He's, he is our defender. And we need to learn that. We need to get to know God by experience, by obeying what he says and walking through life with him. Sometimes you're going to need to start. Some of you today got something in your mind. It's something you need to challenge about the way you've always believed. You need to walk in something different today. You need to make a decision today in your heart to walk in something different, to let the Lord not only find your heart wholly committed, but also your ways surrendered to him. So take some time as we worship here in closing to say that prayer to God, to to deal with that issue in your life. And let's let God be our defender. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for this story. Thank you for calling us to be disciples. Thank you that we are walking with you through grain fields and that we are walking through life with the blessing of not only knowing you but having your provision in our lives and being able to discover you as we face opposition. And so today, I pray, Father, you'll make this message uh, personal. And Lord, you will, as we've seen how you handled this situation, that we will see the truth about who you are, and we will find you in our own experience. Deepen our love for you today, Father. We live in a place where we are judged. We're judged by the world. We're judged by a church. Uh, God, we need you to defend us. Help us to rest in you as our defense. Help us to be diligent, not lazy. Lord, diligent, diligent in studying your word and asking you about things in life and doing what you lead us to do regardless of what men say. And be our defense. Thank you for your love.